Welcome to another edition of the Fight Talk Podcast. We've got a lot of MMA talk, of course. We got news. We got a show to review a little bit. We got a show to preview a little bit. Um, but as always, we're going to kick it off with a little bit of weekend talk, if you could call it that. No, we don't really, we just watch wrestling and, and fights. But uh, it, it's John Mosley, of course, Steven Jensen. Um, how was the weekend, man? I know we were saying a little bit, right? It, it was kind of a, more of a blur than anything with, uh, with a lack of we're used to watching like 15 shows and there wasn't a ton going on. Yeah, we had the UFC on Saturday and we had Impact Sacrifice on Saturday. So dual screen those. And then I, for anyone who's a fan of like OG YouTube, I had Bill and Doug uh, get together on Doug's YouTube channel and I kind of hosted a reunion of that um, at Hit You With The Real, if you want to check that out on uh, on YouTube. So the Saturday night was a lot of fun. But outside of that, yeah, I really, <laughs> really didn't do a whole lot. But I know that you were busy being a commentator at Southern Underground Pro in Nashville, Tennessee, my favorite independent professional wrestling company in the world. Love it. Love that it's back. Love that it's back home at the Basement East. And I want you to talk about that. Before you do, I want everyone to know that if you want to watch the back catalog of Southern Underground Pro, a.k.a. Subgraps, if you want to watch New South Pro Wrestling, which Mose is a part of as well, Jumpin' Johnny Mosley, we have Action Wrestling, we have a ton of great independent wrestling. We have Beyond Wrestling Signature Series every week. I mean, there's a ton of great stuff there. A lot of live shows, um, a lot of time on weekends too, you know, like Friday, Saturday night type stuff. Always, always great stuff. And you can check it out for free for five days. Use code Fight Talk, F I G H T T A L K. Once again, F I G H T T A L K, all one word, no space. Five days for free on independentwrestling.tv or IWTV. Dot lives, but uh, but yeah, Mose, what was it like being back home at the basement east for sub? It was, I was, I don't want to say I was nervous, I was, I thought it'd be weird, of course, no crowd, COVID regulations, it was uh, tapings, it was just you know, talent, uh, wrestlers, production crew, stuff like that. Um, so it was weird uh, at first, it was you know, very open, things have changed, they've added another bar they've you know took some things some walls down it's more spacious here and there but um once we got into it it felt the energy got there i guess it's the quickest way to say the energy got there great shows those uh, i'm not 100 percent sure when they'll be on the iw tv but um i i know they'll be up sooner rather than later from the talks i know that everyone that's out there that is if you are listening and you do know about southern underground pro you're not going to be disappointed they fucking they did the damn thing um it was good man but like i said by the end of the night it was it felt like we left you know a, a basement show i was just i was physically tired um my voice hurt i felt like i mean i was coming off of probably vape pen and whiskey sours and edley's um it was a great day. I mean, like I said, it was a long day, 10 a.m., 10 p.m. taping. So we, we got a lot done. Uh, we Brett Ice, you know, the, the same the same faces, you know, back in that building. That's what made it dope. Seeing a Brett Ice and an Alley Cat, a Cabana Man Dan, a, uh, an Effie, some new faces, you know, Derek Neal, Adam Priest, uh, some of the young guns from Action, Damian Tangra, Alex Kane. So uh, it was a, a mishmash of everything I've, I've really loved. Uh, about not only SUP, but but really independent wrestling the last year all in one. Uh, so I can't wait for everyone to see it. I can't wait to be back. I know you can't wait to, you know, 
get back. I, I wish I had, you know, uh, an idea of when we're going to have fans and do that. I don't even know when we're going to, you know, uh, do this again. So um, I, I do know that that building, man, that the next time we can have it, the, it's going to be packed out. I mean, it is, it's still the basement East, even if it is, the beam's still there. I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> what more do you need? We got the beam. Um, it was cool, man. Like I said, Brett, me and Brett were talking about, it. obviously, uh, that's the guy that's been on every sub show. Um, so he was, we were both like, ah, it's going to be weird. And then by the end of the night, man, it was just like, we're getting cookout going home. Like, you know, that was it. Like it was sup at the basement East. It was good. It felt really good. Um, yeah, again, I just I can't wait for y'all to see it, man. I really can't. I can't wait for Steven Jensen to see it. Like, that's that's what I'm about. This guy is gonna lose his mind when this shit drops. Yeah, man. I wish I could have been there live. Um, but I understand not having fans and extra people in attendance. I totally get that. I cannot wait to watch it live or not live, but watch it on IWTV live. Um, once again, use code Fight Talk five free days with the uh, with the basement East. You're saying they added an, an extra bar? Did they put that? like towards the front of the venue or by where the stage is or where, where did they yeah. put... do, do you remember where like merch was right yeah yeah so that that wall i'm pretty sure they may have that wall may have been pushed back a little bit maybe not but they've they've made that a bar now so you've got a bar there um you've got a they took a wall down kind of back where the stage was so there's more room there's definitely more room all throughout there kind of where the locker room was all that is is more spacious now i mean that was like it, it was wild just walking in there because they have tables and stuff in there for whenever i know they're doing they're doing some shows now i believe um small concerts and stuff you know light you know definitely covid regulation and a lot of people there but they've got it kind of set up for uh, uh shows and, and stuff like that so it, it, it very space like i said the biggest thing for me of course not having fans there made it feel bigger but it did it just felt like a bigger venue um stage felt the same locker room all that the uh the new locker room i should say is kind of those back rooms by the stage that's kind of been redone a little bit um it was man it felt new when we walked in it didn't quite feel the same but then by the end of the night it was it was the beast again that's awesome Man, I can't wait to get back in that building. And for those of you who don't know, um, this building we're talking about, the Basement East, was actually destroyed during a, uh, it was like a tornado. Like, it was just the weather, I mean, it was like one of the worst, uh, like, nights of weather that Nashville's had in a long time. And it came through and destroyed, like, a lot of East Nashville, including the Basement East uh, building. It got, like, torn I mean, it was, like, half torn apart. Like, I mean, it was... We didn't know if there would ever if they'd ever rebuild it or if there would be shows again or like how long it was going to take or anything. So like, you know, between that happening and then, of course, COVID for the last year and all the obstacles that, you know, everyone's had to deal with. It's just awesome to know that there's some wrestling going on in the basement East again. Yeah, that that's really the <clears throat> the, the truth of it. Um, I believe the <clears throat> excuse me, the first match back. I, don't, I know it's not spoiler. It was a match announced, but I believe the first match back in the basement East was violence is forever. Uh, so that, that was very fitting. Righteous Jesse, uh, no, no sound system is used. Uh, we didn't have a, a mic, you know, mic set up because, you know, we usually bring all that. Um, so Jesse just yelled the entire show. Uh, Dylan Hells and I were on commentary for the majority of it. So 
It was, man. For me, again, this is a promotion I loved uh, as a fan a couple years ago when I was buying tickets to shows and and just really learning of what what the early stages of the wrestling business even are. I love this promotion. So to say I've called a show, a couple of, co- a couple of shows now in the basement east for that promotion is a big check mark uh, for me moving forward. No lie. No lie. Hell yeah, man. Very happy for you. Couldn't have happened to a better person. And when with uh, with Jesse, that dude doesn't need a microphone. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure that I'm sure everyone will be able to hear him loud and clear uh, when it airs on IWTV. So yeah, that was my thing. I'm like, I go, they're going to be able to hear. I'm not worried about that. <laughs> but uh, it is. I like. I, I forget by the, the the last show. I'm just like, I your voice, my man, is like. Tomorrow, uh, he has to be feeling it today. He won't admit it. He may not be. He may, I mean, it's, Je- it's righteous Jesse, but still, like, I was sitting there going, man, my voice hurts, and I'm talking in a microphone. Yeah. Well, I've, I've said it plenty of times. I, he's my favorite ring announcer in, like, in all of combat sports. Like, MMA, pro wrestling, anything. That The intensity that he brings, especially for that, uh, that for SUP. I mean, like, that promotion it's perfect for the presentation and everything. So, and, and for when you got to do it for GCW, I thought that was awesome as well. Oh yeah, no, um, absolutely. He's a guy that he's got a lot of things he loves. Obviously right now, the VHS stuff that that's yesterday in between shows, we talked more about like VHS stuff and movies necessarily than wrestling. So that's a guy that, um, he's got a lot of passions, but there's no doubt, no denying what he brings to, wrestling show i mean any kind of performance that guy brings you feel it whether you're at home or live man in the soul so yeah it was it was really cool i hadn't seen him in a long time um it's just it was cool that you know again being around people that i I feel like you know you're used to seeing once a month or every few weeks or whatever and now it's been you know for some of these people like literally i hadn't seen them like aj i hadn't seen aj gray probably since the exit in show you know, uh, almost damn near a year ago, um, maybe right at about a year ago. So it it, uh, it was really cool to see kind of like those people that you're like, oh, my God, this it feels like a family reunion in a way. Yeah, man. Well, everyone check that out when, when it's available on IWTV. Check that out. Check out the uh, New South Haas tournament. It's available right now. Uh, two night tournament. Awesome stuff. Uh, once again, fight talk. Use the code. Get get free viewing of the best independent wrestling you can find in the world in my opinion and let's talk about the fights dude you want to talk about it before i know i had a couple things we were going to do um a little mma news actually i just saw this one you may have heard about this it's a couple of days ago but it appears that tony ferguson benil Darius are going to be fighting on ufc 262 on may 15th um Initial reaction to when you, you hear about Ferguson and Darius squaring up? Um, I have no problem with it at all. That's a fight that makes sense. Um, yeah, I saw I saw that was announced. I don't know if it's been signed or not, but I yeah. know that was like being targeted it, for sure. It, the way this is worded, it's agreed, so it may not be signed, but there's been some sort of agreement that these two. I know, obviously, El Kakui is El Kakui, but we we've been talking about Benil here lately. Obviously, you fight not too long ago, but this, it feels like a big opportunity for Benil, man. I mean, you know, El Kikui's El Kikui, so this is a, uh, you know, a, a big-time fight just a couple of months away, like right at two months away. 
Yeah, I, I like it a lot. It'll be an entertaining fight. I think it's, I mean, it's a dangerous fight for Ferguson uh, because Dariush is a very good fighter. Um, and if Ferguson wins, you know, that still cements him and keeps his, it basically keeps his ranking as the top, you know, in the top five, basically the lightweight division. Um, but if Dariush wins, it gets him propelled into the top five. So this is a huge fight for both guys. And Ferguson has lost his last two, you know, obviously to Gaethje and Oliveira. And the Gaethje fight was pretty back and forth, but Gaethje definitely got the better of him and, and wound up getting the stoppage. But then, you know, Oliveira just completely destroyed him. And uh, so Ferguson really needs, uh, an, uh, you know, an impressive win uh, or even just a win in general over an, an impressive name. So mm-hmm. I like I like the matchup a lot. And, you know, Islam Makachev, you know, who won last weekend, he was talking about wanting to fight Ferguson. And I, you know, I don't think that's going to happen now. They're, you know, talking about Dariush and Ferguson. But that just kind of makes me think, Makachev, I think, should really fight like a Michael Chandler. I really think Makachev should get like a giant step up as far as like fighting a top five guy. So I wanted to throw that out there too because I like the idea of Makachev fighting Ferguson. But if Ferguson's going to be fighting Darius, I'd like to see Makachev fight Michael Chandler. Oh, give me that! Yeah, give me that all day. Yeah. So yeah, what do you think? Uh, like, who do you think wins between Ferguson and Darius? Oh man, um, it's one of the. It's always. It's always hard to pick against Tony Ferguson. I, I, I want to say, um, I want to say, I know I will. I want to say it so well. I think Ferguson comes back, gets a win here. Uh, but Darius, you know, he's going to be very hungry going into this, knowing what a win over El Kikui means. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way about it. I'm going to take Ferguson also, but. Yeah, I mean, for the same reason, like Ferguson needs the win. And stylistically, this is a very uh, good matchup uh, for both guys. Like this yes. could be a very exciting fight. So, um, yeah, I, I like that matchup a lot, and it'll be, uh, you know, a, it'll be on the main card at two sixty two. So, you know, should get a big spot on a on a pay per view. I don't even know what the what's the main event for two sixty two. Ooh, that's a good question. UFC two sixty two is. They have not announced it yet. Oh, shit. Okay, so... I mean, it looks like there's some okay fights on here so far. Edson Barbosa and Shane Bur- Burgos is going to be good. That'll be good. Um, But yeah, I mean, based on what I'm seeing right now, I mean, this would be the main event of the show. But <laughs> I, I think that... uh, I mean, I, it very well could be uh, Ferguson and Dariush is like the co-main if they don't... I mean, the show's in two months, so they need to figure out a main event pretty damn soon. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if um, it felt like I, I was going to say Figgy and Moreno there, but that's looking like that's right. UFC 263 maybe in June. Um, it seems like a lot of people are maybe not, you know, they're not going to uh, title, at least title fights aren't going to be able to line up there because you've got. Uh, you know, Shevchenko and Andrade—that's the the main event or the pay per view before it. UFC 261. Um, Marino Figueroa is UFC 263. So yeah, man, you're kind of looking at that spot right now. What I, I don't know. There's not a ton, I guess, to to get in there at this point. Maybe Jan and Sterling run it back there. Ooh, okay, okay. I mean, because as far as like available. Uh, championship fights 
You know what I mean? Like, I can't mm-hmm. think of anything else that, like, I don't think Blahovich is going to be that back that soon. But, I mean, you could do Blahovich and Teixeira whenever. It's just going to depend on when Blahovich is ready. He, you know, he just fought Adesanya, obviously. So, um, but, you know, I'd have to imagine if Sterling isn't, like, seriously concussed or anything to the point where he couldn't fight, you know, two months from now, I'd, I'd, I'd probably run that back. And it'd probably want to be in the main event, but... In which you know it, it was a good fight for when it lasted, and there's enough um, there's enough there that you could put in the uh, like the, kind of the hype up package about Jan. You know, looked like he was winning the fight, and then you know landed that knee, and you show that knee over and over, and all the trash talk between the two and whatnot. And that's probably pretty sellable. You know, for seventy five bucks, that's a tough sell. That being the main event, and then like the second biggest fight being Ferguson and Dariush. Um, although it could be two exciting fights. Um, but that all being said, I mean, I, I could see that maybe being the the fight there because I don't know when they're going to do. I, I mean, hypothetically speaking, they could do a lightweight title fight there. If, you know, if they want to do um, Gaethje versus Oliveira, for instance, uh, but they got to figure out what the hell is going on with Habib and whether or not like Dan, they need to make a damn decision about that. Like, I really feel like they're just having him hold on until they figure out what's going to happen next with Connor and all this. Stuff. It's so stupid. Like let him be vacated the title, move on. That, and that, that would make sense. Maybe in a couple months, if, if they wanted to do Olvera and Gaethje or something like that for the title. Cause yeah, it, you know. it feels like that we're, it feels like we're due one of those big time, uh, lightweight contender fights, right? Yeah, exactly. Cause Chandler, you know, came in, obviously made a really big impression over Hooker. And a lot of people are talking about wanting to see him fight for the title, given his history in Bellator and everything. And I'm not like a thousand percent against that, but I just, I think that Oliveira deserves it more. And I think Gaethje has done more inside of the UFC. And you could say the same about Gaethje being, you know, with his World Series of Fighting uh, career, Although obviously Michael Chandler's career in Bellator was longer and he held, mm-hmm. you know, the title multiple times and all that stuff. Gaethje was, you know, a champion outside the UFC and stuff like that too. And in a big organization, which is now known as PFL. So it's like, in <coughs> uh, Gaethje's last fight was the, the loss to Habib. And outside of that, he had been knocking everyone dead in the ring. So like, you know, and Poirier and Connor are going to fight and, and Poirier and Nate might fight before that and stuff. So, Really, the only clear, the only clear cut thing that I've been saying it for a while now is Oliver needs to get the title shot. And if Habib is not going to be the champion, Gage is the person that makes the most sense, I think. Uh, but I could see Oliver and Chandler potentially for the title too, which I really wouldn't have a, a major problem with either. Yeah, no, I mean any of that again, any of that makes sense, and that's kind of where I was thinking um, watching these fights this weekend. I kind of kept thinking to myself. You know about uh, about Gagey, about Chandler, about all of these pieces, and it just feels like I mean, any day now we gotta have a big time main event because there's so many questions, especially at that division. Um, so I would love to see it, man. Again, May fifteenth, just a couple months away. We we're pretty sure, ninety nine percent sure, I'll even say we're gonna get Tony Ferguson, Benil Dariush, uh, and we'll definitely be uh, be on the lookout for a main event. Um, like 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 Steven's saying, I mean, really. Any day now, uh, we've got to have kind of a, a, that big announcement, man. I mean, again, May 15th, it's March 15th, and we record this, um, and we've already got so many uh, big fights uh, still on the horizon. So, 
uh, El Kukui, Dariush, UFC 262. The only other news story I kind of wanted to talk about was uh, concerning Israel Adesanya. And since it's a little bit of a crossover at this show at times, he's quoted, uh, by, I believe it's BT Sport, that he has the idea of doing professional wrestling. It could happen. He said, uh, quote, I've never spoken to them. And I'm assuming it's WWE about it directly. But I speak to a few, uh, well, a couple of the guys from the Attitude Era, uh, which uh, me and Jensen know, but anyone that's like late 90s, early 2000s, when just shit was fucking like the Wild West in the WWE, there are no rules. Yeah, we're talking uh, like Steve Austin, The Rock, Steve DX. The Rock, DX, yeah. uh, the rise of Triple H. I mean, there's Kane. There's so much to get into. Uh, NWO. We, <laughs> I was going to say stuff that... Uh, matches that we can't talk about because we'll get canceled in 2021, even though they did them 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um. So plenty of shit uh, that is. I mean, it is wild. Just wild, wild west wrestling. Um. He's uh, uh, the finish. The quote. Never spoken about it, but yeah, growing up, that was before I knew what the UFC was. Definitely a dream of mine or a path. I guess. Uh, being where I'm at right now. Uh, in the public eye, was being a WWE superstar, so it's definitely a possibility. So, Steven Jensen, we've we've heard forever about WWE wanting Conor McGregor and wanting this and that. What do you think about Izzy making a hypothetical WWE or AEW, just say wrestling as a whole, uh, a little bit of a run-in, to, to lack of a better term? I mean... I'm not against it. Izzy's a very charismatic guy, and he's obviously supremely athletic. I mean, he's one of the best middleweight fighters we've ever seen, and he had a damn good fight against John Blahovich for the lightweight, sorry, light heavyweight title. So, um, you know, I, it really depends on how dedicated he is to it, how much he, how, because there was a lot of fans in the Attitude Era. There was like 10 million people watching wrestling every Monday at one point, and you know, there's a lot of people like I'm not not to directly compare these examples, but I think people will understand where I'm coming from. So like Israel Adesanya, he might be like a massive WWE fan growing up. He might be like really wanting to do it. He like in the back of his mind is something you might have always thought about. Um, I don't know. Or it could be like a Soldier Boy scenario where. Mm -hmm. Where, like, yeah, he, Soldier Boy probably watched wrestling in the late 90s and then didn't really watch it for a long time. And now he's, like, feuding with Randy Orton on Twitter because, like, he's trying to stay relevant because he's, like, in, like, Lil Bow Wow. These guys who were never taught, who have been in the public spotlight for decades but have never talked about being wrestling fans. But, like, all of a sudden, they're, like, trying to get work with the WWE. So now they're like these longtime fans who, you know, they come out of the woodwork. Now, once again, Soldier Boy and Little Bow Wow, they might be these giant wrestling fans. But my thing is like, if you were, why weren't you out there talking about it? Like mm -hmm. there's, you know, there's rappers like Wale out there who, you know, rep Bullet Club shirts when they're out there performing and stuff. Like, you know that they're real wrestling fans. Um, now, Israel Adesanya, he has a pretty damn good excuse if he, if, you know, there's a lot of people that might be wrestling fans in the UFC and they don't really talk about it because like they don't really have to, they're, you know, you know, they're the UFC champions. They, they don't really have to be out there talking about like, I love the WWE or I love pro wrestling or whatever, but you have people like Daniel Cormier who, you know, they, they love it. Like they'll, they take 
pictures and videos of themselves when they're at WrestleMania and they're they buy the merchandise and um and all that stuff. So I guess kind of this is a long way of saying Israel Adesanya, I just don't know what his motivations are. Um, I don't know if he is a longtime hardcore fan or if he is just somebody who kind of watched wrestling for a, a couple years in the late 90s. And now he's just trying to, like, jump on, the, you know, kind of the hype train, kind of how Connor um, kind of has, you know, crossing over in other uh, avenues and stuff like that. Um, someone like Henry Cejudo, who I think is a lifelong wrestling fan, and we've seen him pop up in AEW and, and stuff like that. So it really just depends on his motivations. But athletically, I'm sure he could do it. Um, I did, you know what I mean? You would know better than, than even I would, as far as, you know, you see wrestlers on a way more personal level, way more often than me. And unless you, unless you're just super athletic or you, you basically have to either be just like a super athlete who just picks up wrestling to be Mm -hmm. able to do it, or you have to be a massive fan to want to do this. Um, you can't really just be a guy who thinks it was it looked cool 20 years ago and and like just thinks you can just jump there and do it because you were a fan when you were a kid. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it is the the bit. That's the thing about the pro wrestling shit that like I love the wrestling side, but the business side again, that's where it's like this stuff, right? That, you know, you've got people that because of what they bring from business side that, yeah, they can get in there and they can protect you. Like anybody can get in there and be protected and have like a basic ass match and, you know, this and that. But if we're actually talking about, um, you know, putting in, like, being a rest, like, you know, when you say like, Hey, I want to be in the, I want to be a pro wrestler. I want to be in the wrestling side. I want to, I want to be a wrestler. I take that as you want to put the work in, you want to train you. I mean, this is a job that, it's it's a dream more than anything like you're saying it's you know it's you wrestle a couple times a weekend but you know you're in your training as much as you can during the week you're always banged up the uh the back you know your back like you know you get up that feeling of you've bumped so much on your back that it just like i've bumped in rings before just kind of training you know just kind of you know learning i guess the basics and it's just like god fucking damn this hurts (laughs) And they've done it so much they don't think about it. And it's it's the art of it of when you do that, it's, you know, tucking your chin and not bang. Because, you know, when you fall back, your first reaction may not always be your, you know, you got to fall back and, and make it look this way and also protect your head and make sure you don't bounce. it. So it's easier than just fucking falling. It's funny you were talking about this last night driving home, uh, you know, after, again, being 12-hour show, voices shot. Uh, I just think about these people that call it fake, and I'm like, let me get you in a wrestling ring for five minutes and you won't make it. You will not make it out of those five minutes because your whole body's going to hurt. You're going to, your cardio, it's different. I've got a friend that was a, all, he was an all state track cross country kid and he's stayed in great shape his entire life. Phenomenal athlete. But the first couple minutes he got in a wrestling ring, he was exhausted, like sweating, falling down, said he couldn't believe just how, how different it is. So, it is, man. Like, he can get in there. Don't get me wrong. Izzy can pop up on a pay-per-view or a Raw and do some, you know, some some blood sport, if you will, like shit. Crowds might go wild, might not. Depends. We've seen it either both ways with celebrities in there. I know Bad Bunny's kind of getting it right now, but at the same time, what's Bad Bunny doing? He's selling hella merch. Yeah. People are talking about it. People are tuning in. So that's always a part of it, man. I think Izzy could draw some. You're going to get some MMA fans, but that's the problem with this is I think more – 
you're more likely to have pro wrestling fans cross over to MMA than MMA fans cross over to pro wrestling. Because as much as I love MMA, there's so many fans that'll look at that and say, oh, that's fake shit. And I go, all right, motherfucker, get in there with Brett Eisen. Like, yeah, I mean, it, it, it depends on how it's presented, too. Like, because right. because with like with Cain Velazquez, when he was, you know, he was he's a lifelong wrestling fan. And he, you know, I've, I'd heard him on the Helwani show talking about, you know, being a big fan and like like really respecting uh, Lucha Libre wrestling and all this stuff. And he had uh, like all that. Anyway, the point that I'm trying to make is Cain Velazquez was definitely a big uh, wrestling fan. And mm-hmm. he was obviously a former UFC heavyweight champion. And when he worked with AAA, he went out there and killed it. Because, like, he went out there and was hitting, like, Hurricane Rana's and springboarding off the ropes and all this stuff. And it was like, oh, my God, this is incredible. Cain Velazquez is, like, out here killing it and, and doing, like, Lucha Libre-style wrestling at his size. It was it was fantastic. And then he winds up signing with the WWE. And then they make him try to have, like, a fake... MMA style pro wrestling fight thing with Brock Lesnar. And it was really stupid and really, really poorly done in my opinion. So, and, and I think that that's kind of, you know what I mean? Cause you, you, mm-hmm. if, if, if that same fan you're talking about sees him in triple a, they might see that as an MMA fan and be like, well, yeah, it's, it's fake predetermined, whatever. But like, that was damn entertaining, but they watched that in WWE and they're like, this is fucking fake and this is stupid. Yep. Yeah, so I, it's a weird. It's again, it, it, business. We try to make sense of it, but you never really know the, what's going to happen because it's weird. Like the Kane stuff, you could have felt like that could have been a much bigger deal, and it's done. So um, it's 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 harder. It's what is it? It's easier said than done is a thing. But I'm like, this feels harder said than done um, with some of this shit because you can't really tell again. I think he can go out there and have a cool moment, have a cool match, right? I mean, uh, the first Ronda Rousey match, it was that tag match. It was, uh, it was fucking fire. And I know people were ready. They were wanting this shit on that match. But, like, the way it was put together, the you know, what they were able to do, it was dope. So, um, yeah. it, it's just, it, you, you nailed it, man. Pro wrestling comes so much down to, like, the moment, what they do with it, what the... Uh, what the Booker Room does more so than what's out there, because that a bad decision there you can get back from, but it, you know that's making your job a little harder. Um, I, I'd be down. I, know I got friends. I got friends on both worlds that would be interested in Izzy in you know in a WWE ring. I know AEW hasn't really looked for that kind of crossover. They're doing more of like Shaq, obviously, and then uh, you know former WWE WCW kind of legends. Um, but, you know, hypothetically, that even if that real crazy world, like him popping up on AEW on a TNT, be kind of fucking cool. Yeah, I mean, well, they have they have kind of toyed with it a little bit like pre pandemic. They had Tyson and Jericho feuding and Tyson's honorage was like Vitor Belfort, Henry Cejudo. I forgot like, all about that. Yeah. So like they have some sort of, you know, interest in some degree. Now, granted, a lot of them may have just come, you know, kind of with. Um, with Tyson, but part of it also might have had to do with like Vitor Belfort is in one championship and they're both on TNT and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. I don't know, but but anyway, but I, I think that they're I, I think that AEW and this is just the speculation, but I think they're willing to do business with anyone from any um from any like 
area of of uh, you know fame or whatever if they're really willing to like really dedicate to it and they and if they're like they're I, I hate sound like a snob and saying like a real fan because you know everyone I don't really care how long people have watched wrestling if you like wrestling you like wrestling you'd be a fan of it I, it's all good but there's just like such a clear difference like when you see someone like a Kevin Federline do what he did with John Cena versus like Shaq who's been trying to do this for 30 years and he finally gets his chance and just goes out there and kills it like there's but anyway I, I I will say this though Israel it would be really cool to see Israel Adesanya like in a WWE ring or an AEW ring holding a UFC championship and like standing face to face with like Kenny Omega or like Roman Reigns or something like that like that would be a really cool thing to see oh yeah again this is this is there's gonna be some crossover there no doubt about it man um yeah, yeah def, definitely something to keep an eye on but let's get into this fight night talk of course we're gonna talk a little bit about the UFC fight night headlined by Edwards and Muhammad. We just had a little preview for uh, for this weekend show, which will be uh, headlined by Brunson and Holland. Of course, that'll be March 20th, just a few days from the time we recorded this. But uh, let's get into this. Uh, uh, very talked about card. There was we had KOs, we had decisions, we had no contests, everything everything ever to offer i guess in mma uh minus oh we had some submissions too sorry we got it all we got a fucking all this past saturday of course main event leon edwards finally back in the cage all the time years it feels like we've been building and building Bilal muhammad accidental eye poke no contest in the second round uh Bilal muhammad eating that eye poke could not continue accidental of course but uh not at all the way we wanted this to go steven jensen no, I mean it's just it's just really unfortunate because Edwards, like you said, it'd been you know a long time since we've seen him, and Dana had finally like just a few days prior had finally publicly said if Edwards wins he gets the next title shot, and it's like he he hadn't actually said those words and it's been like two years of like Leon wanting to hear that, and yeah, I mean just. It this just sucks because it wasn't like Muhammad was out there getting his ass kicked either. Like it mm-hmm. was, you know, Edwards was winning the fight and he landed like a good head kick in the first round and stuff. And so, but it wasn't a situation where like Edwards went out there and he was just like smoking him. And Edwards had actually been warned about the eye poke. Like he didn't, he didn't poke Muhammad in the first round, but he had his fingers out and uh, the referee warned him about it in the first round. So it's just a it's just a shitty situation. Um, there's not a whole lot to talk about. Like Edwards looked mm-hmm. good in there, though. Like he looked. I mean, he was the one pressuring the action. Um, and Muhammad was trying to pressure the action, but then Edwards was like getting the better of him. And I mean, so like both fighters looked pretty good in there. Edwards looked like he hadn't missed a step. Didn't look like he had ring rust. Um, just. You know, 18 seconds into the second round, it was just kind of as the fight felt like it was really getting going. And yeah, not a whole lot else to say about the actual fight, though. Just just the bummer that that's uh, kind of the way it ended up. Yeah, well, it, it's a lot like I mean, it, what's a bummer for me is I uh, obviously I didn't get to watch this live. I watched it yesterday or no, I did. Yeah, I was at I was with um, I was with some people Saturday night. So I was watching highlights yesterday 
And then um, I got to see uh, what I did miss this morning when I woke up. But I was bummed. I knew that the main event, that was spoiled for me. I knew that was. So I sit down this morning to watch Anders and Darren Stewart. And man, was I bummed to find out that that ended in a no contest. <laughs> Illegal knee um, to, to Stewart's head down to opponent. Uh, two no contests, the same main card, man. Um I mean, very much not great for business, but what were your thoughts on that, uh, the Anders Stewart no contest? Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, that was a fun fight for, like, the round it lasted, and Anders basically got Stewart into a position where he was, like, he was beating him up. Like, Anders looked like he was going to get a stoppage a couple times there at the end, and basically, I mean, it just... It sucks, like especially coming off of last weekend when, um, when Jan, you know, did that to Sterling, mm-hmm. and you know, it's it's fresh on everybody's mind to not do exactly what Anders wound up doing to Stewart. Um, it's just I I don't want to. We talked about it last week, so people can go back and listen yeah. to my yeah. but like the fact that that's even illegal to begin with is so dumb because like Anders was in such a dominant position. He was raining down on him. The fight was probably about to be almost over. And then just because Stewart has, I think he had one knee down. He might've had one hand down as well, but it's literally the difference of once. So once he lifts his knee up, you know, half an inch off the ground, then that's okay. Like it's such a dumb rule. So but anyway, Anders needs to know that. He needs to obey the rules, and he didn't. And he landed a, a definitely illegal knee right to Darren Stewart's head. Very similar to the Yawn and Sterling thing. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I saw some people that were confused as to why it was a no contest versus a DQ. Because um, the, you know, the Sterling uh, situation was a DQ. And it's because it the fight hadn't gone two rounds and it also was a unintentional, it was deemed an unintentional knee. Whereas the yawn and Sterling thing, they went back and listened to their corners and it, and it was basically deemed intentional. So anyways, yeah, just super unfortunate. Anders looked like he was about to get a big win and uh, threw it away with, uh, with an illegal knee. Yeah. Again, Two no contests, main card. That is a bummer. Outside of that, though, we had finishes. We had a split decision. No fight of the night on this card. Um, but on this main card, we had, what, one, two, three. Three of our four performance of the night bonuses all were on the main card. Um, of course, this this co-main event, which last week you were telling saying, hey, you know, this is one – you know, you see Danny Gay's name. You see, of course, the Anders Stewart fight. All these, you know, names people may be overlooking. Ryan Span and, and Misha Serkinov, and we had a first round TKO. Dude, a minute and eleven seconds. Span with the dub gets the the performance of the night bonus. Uh, this was just a fun, a quick but fun time. Yeah, both guys very very good strikers, and Ryan Span was really smart because he dropped Serkinov, um, like towards. I say the end of the fight, the fight went, you know, like a minute or so. Yeah. But 70, 71 seconds. So the, towards the end of the fight, I'd say probably 20 seconds or so before the fight was actually finished. Um, Span actually dropped Serkinov and he was smart because instead a lot, what a lot of fighters do is like they get someone hurt or they drop them and then they like tie up with them or they go to the ground. 
Span dropped Sorkinov, like looked like he was going for some ground and pound. I think he might have actually landed a little ground and pound and then realized like he's hurt and he just stood up and made Sorkinov stand up. And then he went in for the kill and got the finish and dropped him again. And then he wound up finishing him with ground and pound on the ground the second time that he that he dropped him with it. So really smart by Ryan Span how he uh, how he went for the attack and uh, took advantage of Sorkinov when he was hurt. And he's got heavy hands. He's been looking really good. Um, let me see if he has a ranking now. So he has only lost in the UFC was Johnny Walker. Um so we have light heavyweight. Ryan Spann was ranked number 13 going into this, and Sorkinov is number 11. So at the very least, he'll take his ranking. He has the loss to Walker, who's at 10. So I'd imagine that Spann will, uh, Spann will probably be sitting number, number 11, and he'll get a fight in the top 10 next. So, yeah, that was a very big win for him. Very, very good performance. Especially on this show, we keep talking about with with so much, you know, kind of down, you know, no contest, you're kind of bummed out about that almost kind of pushed this a little more on the I know I saw more people talking about this on Twitter. Um, the, of course, with the other we have a couple more knockouts on the on the main card. And then uh, we started off the show with our other performance of the night winner. The opener of the, the prelim card was a knockout in the first round. Um, but uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of Ryan Span talk which is something that, uh, you know, like you said, that should have already kind of been there, but feels like someone that isn't, isn't talked about enough. I mean, twice, two, win, uh, two fights in 2020 when, uh, you know, the world was weirder than it still is, and not a lot of people were fighting. Um, so he's been active. He's been going at it. Great win and uh, in a good spot, man. So, yeah, keep an eye out for Ryan Spann moving forward to 2021 and, and down the road. The um, – the shorter uh, finish from this first uh, from this main card, twenty two seconds is all it took for Danny Gate to to put Gavin Tucker down. Knockout, fifty thousand dollar bonus. Uh, not a whole lot to dive into this one, man, but a, a, a just brutal knockout from Ige. Yeah, and I think that was the first punch thrown too. Is what ended the fight. I think it was like the fight started and they were just kind of just getting ready to to start throwing and Ige landed and that was it I mean and he I mean great win for him too like he's a guy who has been on the wrong end of some really really close fights like his fight with Barboza and his fight with Bechtick really could have gone either way and his I always bring up his fight with Calvin Cater because he took a really big beat down uh, early yeah. in that fight and then by the end of the fight was actually like winning some of the later rounds so um, Ige is definitely a guy who's a contender. Um, so, you know, with with the featherweight division being as stacked as it is, there's going to be a lot of a lot of more really great fights for Dan Ige, and I think there's a lot of winnable fights for him against some of those big names too. So, like this this was a this was you can't ask for a better performance than this. You go out, you throw one punch, you get the knockout, and you're going to wind up getting. Um, you know, he's probably you know. Once again, the division stacked, but he's probably mm-hmm. like two or three big wins away from, you know, being a, in a, a title fight or something like that. I mean, he's he's in that mix with the the big name guys at featherweight for sure. So this pushed his record career record to 15 and three uh, under the UFC banner, which includes that uh, that contender series fight. Ige now eight and two since July of 2017. 
Uh, and now, and yeah, maybe none as impressive as this one, the 22 second finish. Uh, yeah, man, I uh, wouldn't be shocked to see Ige back in the cage sooner rather than later, huh? Yeah, I, I mean, I hope so because he didn't take any damage, obviously. So if he's if he's ready to go, um, I mean, you've got Volkanovski and Ortega fighting for the title at the next pay per view. Um, you've got, I think they're still trying to figure out what's next for Zabit. Um, Yair's out right now because of personal stuff. Uh, Korean Zombie and Cater, I really want to see them fight each other, but I haven't heard anything about either since their last fights. I could see Ige fighting. Uh, I could see Ige fighting Korean Zombie. I could see that happening, or I could I could see them running back him and Cater, but I don't really see the really the advantage for that in Cater. And I think Cater's put himself in a good spot to to fight. Um, maybe I mean because that's the thing for like Cater's lost his a beat, so there's like. There, there's just so much fucking talent at featherweight. It's like my favorite division right now in the UFC. So um, there's a lot of good options for Ige. But if I had to choose one, I'd probably like to see if they can't do Cater versus Zombie. I'd like to see Ige versus uh, Zombie next. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, sign me up, man. That, that, that's a great fight for Ige. It's exactly where he wants to be. Um, yeah, 2021 looking very bright for Dan Ige. The the third finish on this main card all in a row again. These were you know, what fights three, four, and five on the six, uh, six fight main card, a, a second round knockout for Davey Grant puts Jonathan Martinez down in the second round, three minutes. You know, this was one that like, no one really talked about. Again, this was kind of an under, an underrated card. I was talking to a friend of ours about it, uh, Saturday or Sunday, I think it was Saturday before the fights. And it was like, he goes, yeah, you know, the main event, Leon and Bilal, that's cool. And I'm like, have you looked at – no, not really. And he kind of looks around the card. Oh, well, that, that's kind of fun. That could be good. And he he was like, yo, Davey Grant, Jonathan Martinez, bro, that could be a lot of fun. And uh, it was, and, and Grant got the win, a, a, um, a nice knockout that gets him 50000 in the pocket, man. I mean, what more can you ask for? You get the win, you get fifty k, and you get a hell of a gift out of it. Yeah, and that's his third fight, uh, third win in a row for <clears throat> in the UFC. Um, the the finish was really nice. He hit a, a sweet combo. It was like a hook to the body and a punch to the head, just boom, boom, and just landed perfectly right on the money. And yeah, you can't really say anything more than that. Really, uh, really impressive performance. Got some extra money out of it, and um, he'll probably. I don't think he'll be. He might be ranked in the bantamweight division after this. Um, Let's see where everyone was at before this. He was in, so Davey Grant and Jonathan Martinez, I don't think either were ranked at Bantamweight. But that's a that's a super sack division also. That and Featherweight are like really the two that I'm really, really, really excited about right now. Um but uh but yeah, I mean I'd imagine Davey Grant will probably get a top a top fifteen guy next, uh coming off that uh, impressive performance. So yeah, good for him. And once again, three in a row, that's always a good spot to be in. Yeah, hey, especially this time. I feel every every uh, episode we do, we're talking about somebody on a three or four fight losing streak and how, you know, jobs and cuts. So to it's always good to, to talk about a guy on a winning streak um, and uh, a performance of the night winning streak, like back-to-back performance of the night bonuses. Uh, so, yeah, Davey Grant, keep up the dubs, man. The, uh, the final fight on this main card, we haven't talked about. A split decision win, 28-29, 29-28, 29-28. Uh, 
with uh, oh god, is it Matthias Nikolai and Manel Cape or Cop? A uh, yeah, split decision, super close fight with uh, with Nikolai coming out with a win in the flyweight division. Yeah, um, I mean, really close fight. It could have gone either way. I, there's not really a whole lot more to say other than like, I mean, it was a good fight. It was a close fight, but you know, neither guy you know ranked at the moment not a fight that had like serious circumstances and it was really, really close. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's always good to see close fights on a, on a show like this. And, uh, we got a, a real mixed bag of everything. Like you said, we had two, a no contests, a split decision and three knockouts. So, um, so yeah, good, good, well-rounded card there. <laughs> That's the best, most professional way, a well-rounded main card, uh, prelim card, just, you know, some things stuck out, of course, that first fight, a knockout, non-Wikipedia page, Matthew Semmelsberger defeated Jason Witt, uh, 16 seconds to start off the whole night, um, you had some wins, Angela Hill with the unanimous decision win, 30-27 across the board over Yoder, um, and more decisions, a couple of some, you know, submission here, uh, this is a an all around you know solid prelim card, but of course the uh, the big one going in on this on the prelims was Hill and Yoder. How did you feel coming out of that decision win for Angela? Yeah, I think I agree with the the scorecards. It was thirty twenty seven across the board. Hill looked good in there. Um, she's been on the wrong end of. Uh, I'm not saying wrong end because I think she well I do think she won some of the fights that she lost by split decision, but. I'm not like sitting here arguing it or anything, but but my point is she she could have her record would look much different if a couple split decisions went her way, um, and she's very much a contender at the women's strawweight division, and she's a very well liked fighter, um, you know. So I, I, I this was a win that Hill needed, and it was a Hill a win that Hill I think should have got. Yoder's a, a very good opponent, but I think this was it, it was a good win for Hill. Um, and then also you had uh, Nasrat Halpquest. I'm so bad with his with his name. Uh, Mini Kelvin Gaslam with another win, uh, unanimous decision victory. So that was good to see. Um, Charles Jordan, nice knockout in the third round, like pretty much right at the end of the fight. So, uh, so yeah, good good prelim card. But I do have a question for you about the main event here. Okay. With, uh, so I'll give you my opinion, but I want to hear yours first. Okay. So what do you think they do? With Edwards and Muhammad, like, do you think that they have to run this back, or do you think Edwards should still get a title shot, or like, do you think they should have to fight different people? Like, what do you think should be next for both of these guys? Uh, you know, with how so many question marks, with how Leon had, you know, had been, you said, like you said, no ring rust, but with the time off, I can't remember which fighter, but one fighter like called this happening. It was, um, is it Jam- Jamal Hill? Is that right? I don't. I don't know if that's a fighter. If I no, no that's a, that's fighter Jamal Hill. Yeah, I I didn't I, I didn't see what he said, but yeah. No, I, I saw some. I don't. I should have pulled it up. He made some post though. He called this. He said, "I think Leon Edwards might catch him and I poke." And this, and you know, this is before it happened, and it happened. So that has been stuck in my head all morning. Um, I, I you know. Do I think they need to run it back? Probably not. I think we saw that, you know, Leon was, you know, nothing against Bilal. I, I would have loved to see Bilal win that just for, that had been a big uh, fed in the cap. I don't need to see it again. If they do run it back, I'm okay with it. I I don't necessarily know if I could give Leon Edwards a title shot based off a no contest I poke, but um, at the same time, we all agreed, maybe not all of us, most of us agreed before 
that he kind of he should have been a title fight. He had already earned it. It's it's honestly it maybe one of the shittiest places ever I've heard of a fighter to be in. But um, if you make me, if I have to pick something, I would say I would. I wouldn't do the. I wouldn't run it back. I would have Leon if I could fight somebody else, maybe a little closer to that top three. So, you know, maybe another contender esque fight before I put him in the title fight. But that's just me. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's any like wrong answers with that either because it's like there's a lot of options. But he's yeah, he's just in a really shitty spot because you know I was one of the people that was saying he didn't. Like, he should have got a title shot anyways. Like, he didn't need to take this fight for me to believe him as a contender for the title anyways. But there's, like, yeah, there's just a lot of layers to this thing now. Because, like, Usman and Masvidal is probably going to happen. And it'll be a little while before we actually get that fight. And then you have... um, Chimeyov. So it's like, do you want to try to rebook Chimeyov and Edwards? Um, but that's been cursed. And now Dana White's saying he's not as confident as he was just a couple weeks ago about Chimeyov actually returning. So like what I would probably, like, I probably would run this back because it isn't really Muhammad. Like none of this is Muhammad's fault. And, you know, he, he took the, mm-hmm. he had, yep. he had the balls to, you know, take the short notice fight. He had fought like three weeks ago. So, like, I don't want to take that opportunity away from him to get a big win over a big name because of this either. But at the same time, I don't think Edwards needed to prove anything at this point anyways to get a title shot. So it's a shitty, really what it is, it's a really shitty spot to be in for Leon Edwards. But I think, I think they, and especially because if, if Muhammad's eye is okay, like if he doesn't have like some like serious injury to, to like his retina or cornea or whatever, like, if if he can fight soon, if they could like that pay per view we were just talking about, for instance, or even earlier, um, if they can run this back like as soon as possible, um, I'd be okay with that. But I wouldn't want it to be something where we had to wait another like three, four, five months or something to get a rematch between these two. Like if if that's what it is, then I just have them each probably fight different people. Have Edwards fight Colby or something, or like I I don't know, but um. I, I guess I'm leaning towards rematch, but it it depends on when they do, like how soon they do it. If it's soon, I'm down for it. If it's going to be a while, then I feel like they should just do other stuff. And that, yeah, again, uh, I'm usually, I'm usually the guy like we don't need a rematch, fuck it. But I, I'm with you. If they did it again, I offer Bilal getting a shot um, based off of just everything you said. So it, it, for once, I don't think they can fuck this up from a booking standpoint. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, again, hate it for Bilal Muhammad. Crazy ass night, multiple no contests. We got decisions. We got everything you could ever want. People went home with fifty thousand in their pocket. Um, shout out, fucking this whole card is again one of the most interesting cards we'll look back on, no doubt. This Saturday, March twentieth, coming up from the UFC Apex, we've got UFC on ESPN twenty one slash UFC Vegas twenty two, headlined by Derek Brunson versus Kevin Holland. We've got. Gregor Gillespie on this card, Tatu Avasi. Uh, prelims have uh, Marion Renault. Renault? I always feel like I'm going to fuck her name up. Um, Marion Renault, Macy Kieson or Chieson. Uh, some non Wikipedia pages versus Wikipedia pages. We got some stories coming out of this one, man. But of course, it'll all be 
talked about all week. For me, Kevin Holland back in there, right? Kevin Holland, my fucking, I think he was my fighter of the year for 2020. Yeah, he had, yeah, he was in our little, our awards we did at the end of the year. Guy was one, two, three, four, five and O oh in 2020. Only one of those went to the judges, finishing everybody. Of course, the the knockout of uh, of Jacare December of 2020 that tied the record for most wins in a calendar year for Kevin Holland. Man, you're talking about riding a wave. He's riding a wave, and he's in there with Derek Brunson, who he himself, right, coming off three wins in a row. His last time he lost, it was against Israel Adesanya back in 2018. So uh, both very confident, very big fight, man. Plenty of uh, stipulations coming out of this, plenty of implications coming out of this. Do you think Kevin Holland, I mean, he, he can knock Derek Brunson out. We know that, but like this feels very much like Brunson, the wily vet who may have a couple of other, you know, some, some things on his, on his plan, whereas Kevin Holland's more so like, yo, I'm going to put you down. Um, how are you feeling about this main event, bro? Well, I think it's an awesome matchup uh, because, you know, Brunson, his last win was over uh, Edmund Shabazian, who, you know, I was definitely on that hype train. I thought Shabazian was going to win. Um, and Shabazian, I think, is still a really good fighter. But Brunson kind of halted that hype train, at least for the moment. And he's a damn good fighter. He's been in the octagon with some of the best fighters of all time. I mean, Brunson... A lot of people think <clears throat> that he beat Anderson Silva, although Anderson got a unanimous decision there. But <clears throat> that all being said, it's hard to pick against Kevin Holland right now. I mean, he's won five fights last year, like you said. I mean, that knockout over Jacare was was nasty. Like, I'm pretty sure that was the one where he had, like, Jacare was, like, on his knees and Holland like was like choking him with one hand and just punching him in the face with the other hand. And Jacare was like already knocked out, like just, <clears throat> just savage. And so there's a lot of knockout power in this one. I think Derek Brunson is probably a little more well-rounded in his, uh, in his offense, but I mean, I'm going to take Kevin Holland. I'm going to say he just keeps riding the hype train. And if he fights how he's been fighting, against Brunson and Brunson, you know, gets caught like Holland has like really nasty knockout power and he's just kind of putting it all together right now. And we have seen Brunson, um, for lack of better terms, kind of choke, you know, in some really high, high pressure, uh, situations. Like he usually, usually looks really, really good against guys he's supposed to beat. But then if he veers outside of that to guys who are favored over him, he very rarely gets the job done. Mm -hmm. So Holland, I, I got to imagine Brunson's probably the favorite going into this fight with Holland. But yeah, but, but I think that, I, I think that Holland, it's a very, it's a very difficult one to, to predict because, you know, once again, I think Brunson is more well-rounded and he's been in there. Uh, he's more experienced and he's been in there against kind of a wider variety of in more experienced fighters. Like their only real common opponent is probably Jacare. So, and I'm surprisingly Holland's actually has 26 fights. I didn't realize he had almost the same amount of fights as Brunson. That's actually pretty wild. But then again, oh. Holland did fight five times last year. That I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's what I keep going back to. I, I, I'm biased. I can admit it. I'm biased on this one. Uh, I want to see Kevin Holland keep stretching this out. That is one of my favorite MMA stories of, I mean, the last probably five or 10 years is what he was able to do. Um, 
as serious fight fans, man, as we all are, like the the fact that we were able to keep seeing fights as regular as we were um, last year when everything was just so fucked up. But the the guy goes out there and he just keeps putting people down. I mean, it's so it's I love it. I love Kevin Holland. Uh, of course, I'm picking him to win this fight. I, I think he keeps the wave going. Derek Brunson has broken my heart before. Um, been there with people I picked a, a, him uh, to lose to. So this would not be the first time that Kevin or that Derek Brunson would make me look stupid. But I'm lean. I'm I'm going Kevin Holland. Pushes it to six straight in the octagon, and maybe with uh with some some golden aspirations in the next uh, in the next year before is out. Man, I mean, how many in a row do you have to win before that's a discussion? Especially like we're saying. You know, uh, that Jacare win now, Brunson, I mean, this competition is really stacking up for Kevin Holland, man. Feels like a big-time main event, obviously, even though it's not really. It's not a number one contender fight. It's not a main event or a, a, a title fight. It's 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 just feels like, you know, a legit main event. Yeah, and, like, I'm looking through Holland's record, and I didn't realize, like, how active this guy has been for – like I knew that like this last couple of years, cause he really got on my radar in like 2019. Yeah. But like you go back to the beginning of his career, he fought one, two, three, four, five, six. He fought six times in 2015, three times in 2016, four times in 2017, five times in 2018, three times in 2019, and then five times in 2020. Like he has almost the same amount of fights as Derek Brunson with five years, you know, less as a pro which is, that's pretty insane. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to point that out too. I didn't even, I completely forgot that he fought um, Thiago Santos at one point. Had no idea he he fought um, Rafael Lovato Jr., who he, Lovato Jr. beat him, but Lovato was the Bellator champion that had to you know vacate his title because um, he's been having like those brain issues. But mm-hmm. yeah, Kevin Holland is, I, I didn't, I didn't know that he's been this active like like since he started i didn't realize his career only went back five years and he's got 26 fight that that is damn impressive and he's looking at looking at another big win saturday uh looking at the odds real quick it actually when the the fight opened it was holland as the underdog but here we are a few days away as of right now kevin holland the favorite according to vegas to win this fight okay i mean that's I, I don't I don't uh, have any issue with that. I you know like I said I, I you you would have figured because Holland or uh, Brunson's probably ranked higher. Um, let's see middleweight division. Um, Derek Brunson's rate number seven. Kevin Holland's rate number ten. So like usually the the favorite would be the higher ranked guy, but that isn't always the case. We have seen some of that lately. Um, but yeah, I mean. I'm not really surprised given how impressive Kevin Holland was last year, though. Yeah, I that, uh, he's, you know, he's one of my favorite fighters right now. Just what he did. Uh, I can't wait to see again. Fire the fuck up for this one. Um, I'll be on the clock, so I won't be able to watch this one live, I don't think. But, uh, you know, as soon as I'm out of that booth, man, I'm going to be looking to, to see the highlights and then watch this one from the jump. The co-main event, lightweight division, Gregor Gillespie, Brad Riddell, this one, I think a lot of people may overlook, right? This another card. This uh, I believe this is on ESPN or is it on ESPN Plus? Oh, I believe uh, it's on ESPN actually. Yeah, I think I, you can watch it on either. I think yeah, I think it's the prelims ESPN two. The main card will be on ESPN. So uh, if you're Gregor Gillespie uh, and, and Brad Liddell, I know 
Gillespie's coming off his first loss, right? I mean, his last two fights, uh, he's 13-0 and coming into his last fight, but his last two, he beats Yancey Medeiros, TKO. We all know how tough Yancey Medeiros is. He finishes him, loses, though, that gross-ass head kick to Kevin Lee back. It doesn't feel like it's been this long, but November 2019, UFC 244 was the last time we saw Gregor Gillespie in there. Uh, and, you know, nothing to shake your head at that loss to, to Kevin Lee, who's a confirmed badass. Riddell, on the other hand, 9-1. and one, He fought two times in 2020, both wins. Actually hasn't lost since 2018 and is undefeated under the UFC banner. So um, kind of a, a different, and he's young as shit, 29 years old as Bradley Riddell. Uh, a little bit of a, a kind of that different story now, right? You've got Gregor Gillespie, a couple a few years older, a little bit of downtime. Like I said, last fight, November 2019, uh, Brad is sitting on these wins. He fought a couple times last year. Uh, do you put much weight into what you know into into what we're seeing now? A little bit of rhythm on one side, and Gregor coming back. I don't say ring rust, but you know, you know. Yeah, I mean, it is wild that he hasn't fought since that head kick knockout loss to Kevin Lee, and that was on the um, the BMF title fight um, show. So like, there was a lot of people watching that one. Um, I, I remember going into that. I thought Gregor Gillespie was going to destroy Kevin Lee. I really did. Uh, Gregor's still ranked number 15 in the division, and we all know how stacked and how many huge names are in that lightweight division in the UFC. So he's even held – I mean, <laughs> luckily for him, he has held his number 15 ranking this whole time, and the company you know, hasn't forgotten about him. And you know, Kevin Lee looked impressive as hell in that fight too. That That's the flip side of it. Kevin Lee had never looked better either. Um, but that all being said, I think Gregor Gillespie gets in there and gets the job done against, uh, Bradwood Riddell. Uh, he really needs the win coming back. He's been out like, like you mentioned, I mean, over an entire year at this point. So, I mean, I, I think it's a good matchup and Riddell has won his last, what, like six in a row, something like that. So he's been looking good. Most of his fights lately have been going to decision, uh, Gillespie is the kind of guy that usually gets a finish. Uh, you know, at least that's how it had been up up until he got finished against Kevin Lee. But most of his fights are either a knockout or a submission. And um, I think he really gets after it and needs to go out there and prove a point. I think he gets the job done against uh, Brad Riddell on Saturday. I'm with you. I I, I, I bid Gregor Gillespie again. That was me. I really I was thinking like I swear we saw him in 2020. Did not. I, I uh, I'm gonna go with the. He's going to come back hella fresh, feeling good. Uh, again, you know, only loss of his career. So we've seen this before. People take, you know, you, you get that first loss. You take some time off. You come back uh, hella rejuvenated. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think Gregor gets the dub. Uh, this could be a sleeper of a good fight, though. Again, two very hungry talents. Uh, moving on down the heavyweight division, Taya to Avasa. Is this cat's name Dontel Mays? Yeah, Dontel. Okay, yeah. don't tell you don't tell Maze is almost like a fire ass rap name. Like, <laughs> like it's that's a heater name. Louisville that's true Kentucky. because his name is his name is spelled D O N apostrophe. Apo T yeah. A L E. Yeah. So like, don't. Yeah. Don't yeah. tell it. Don't tell it. Don't tell Maze, Louisville, Kentucky product. Uh, eight and four. His last time we saw him in the octagon, he fought twice in 2020. You know, we love that shit. One and one. His last fight was a win back in November. Uh, in there, of course, with with Ty, who is a fucking legend on the internet, um, hasn't fought since October of 2020. 
where he beat Stefan Struve, knocked his ass out. We, I know everyone saw the, uh, uh, the social media. This was talked about a lot. In a fight he needed to win, right? Ty coming off three losses before that win over Stefan Struve. Uh, this, there's no way this one goes the distance. I know we always say that and it happens, but, um, I, I am going to go, I'm going to say it's hard to pick against Ty and him doing shoeys. So I, I guess I'm going to go with the, with Ty. Yeah. Everyone loves those shoeys. Um, <laughs> yeah. Two of us is a very likable guy. Um, he's an exciting fighter and like the guys that he's lost to, cause he went on that three fights, like losing skid where he lost to JDS, Blagoy Ivanov and Sergei Spivak, um, who are all good fighters. Uh, you know, he really needed that win over Stefan Struve, and he got the job done with literally one second left um, in the first round. Like, that was a hell of a knockout, and Struve, you know, dropped like a ton of bricks in that one, and, you know, two of us looked great. So, uh, you know, I think he continues to kind of ride that, and he, he goes into this one, and, and Mays is a good fighter, but he's, I think he's very beatable. Like, um, especially if Tuivasa can get him to the ground because he's had trouble um, taking submission losses. So um, I'm going to say Tuivasa wins also. Mm-hmm. And this is this would be a real turnaround for his career if he did because, you know, he beat Andre Olovsky and he lost those three in a row. But then if he, you know, beat Stefan Struve, but then he also impressively, you know, finishes Maze, then we're looking at, like, Okay, well then he kind of keeps moving up, you know, towards you know ranked opponents again. Whereas before he was looking at possibly getting cut by the promotion if he would have, you know, been on a four fight losing streak. So, Mm. yeah, especially at that time, at that time, right? I mean, it was everyone was getting cut around then. Yeah, exactly. That's a great point. Um, Nobody's job was safe, and and I think that's still kind of the case right now. If like if you're a guy who's on like a three or four fight losing streak, or you're a, a fighter who's recently fought for a title and lost, and maybe you lost like one or two in a row. And, you know, it doesn't look like you're going to be a champion anytime soon, or you're like a, a veteran, like a Overeem or a JDS that, you know, you're losing and stuff like that. I mean, you don't want to be in those positions. Um, and, and I think two of gets the job done uh, this Saturday. That's going to be a fun one though. Those are three, Three fun fights, man. That, that top of that top of the main card, the main, the semi, and of course the heavyweight we just talked about. Good shit right there to keep an eye on, uh, and that continues on the welterweight fight. Song Kenan, Kenan, Kenan. I almost want to say Keenan, like Keenan and Kel, but I know. Yeah, just say Keenan. Okay, cool. Song Keenan versus Max Griffin. Max Griffin in that welterweight division. Uh, I was trying to remember the last time we saw Max. Yeah, November. Also fought twice in 2020, went one and one. Coming off a TKO, Doctor Stoppage though. Uh, anytime you can come off uh, a finish, man, you're feeling good. Song Keenan, uh, we saw once. It's been back in February, over a year ago at this point. The last time we saw Song Keenan in the in the uh, in the octagon, but a KO win uh, only in the first round. So that was a, a short night and over a year ago. But um, but yeah, man, again, two names that maybe a ton of people may not recognize right away, but this feels like in this spot on ESPN, a great position to be in. Yeah, and as far as predictions, I'm going to go with Max Griffin. Um, Love it. Yeah, I think it's a good fight. Uh, Griffin's been in there with just really good fighters though, throughout his career. Like, I still remember a fight with Colby Covington, uh, where Covington knocked him out, but um, but I just remember him being in the in the octagon with him and being like, oh, OK, well, we'll kind of see where he goes from here. And 
then he kind of he's just kind of been really back and forth but he got a big win over mike perry and then he went in there you know he lost to Thiago alves he's lost back-to-back fights to alex morano and alex Oliveira. but the Oliveira fight was super close split decision the morano fight like morano is a very good fighter and he has close fights with a lot of people so it's uh you know and then uh Griffin won his uh, his most recent fight against Brahima Brahimaj Brahimaj. Mm-hmm. I'm probably butchering that. Ramiz Brahimaj. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I'm gonna take Griffin based kind of on experience and uh, and once again, the most of his most of his losses are to like really really good fighters, and I I just I just think he's just kind of gonna be on a different level uh, than Song is. So I'm gonna go with yes. Griffin. I mean, yeah, it's it feels a, a little bit like a gatekeeper kind of thing. If Song gets through Max Griffin, that's that next step up with uh, with someone like you said. You look at Max's record, and you may not be totally you know sixteen and eight, but a lot of names across those sixteen and eight. So uh, yeah, definitely lessons to be learned. I'm gonna go Max too, uh, more so the same reasons you just said. Been in there with some really great talent, really great fighters, and uh, came through the other side some wins and losses. So yeah, give me Max. The, uh, the final fight on this main card, neither combatant has a Wikipedia page. So dare I say the winner may have one. Women's strawweight division, Cheyenne Buys versus Montserrat Ruiz. I don't know a ton about either of these fighters, but great names across the way. I'm not going to discount that at all. Um, I again, this is what's starting us off here on the uh, on the main card on ESPN. So right away, that's a great spot. You're, you're right there. People sitting down, starting the show off. Hopefully, these two uh, kick off with a and set the tone for the rest of the night. I'm gonna go Cheyenne buys mainly because I have a dear close personal friend named Cheyenne. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lean into that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I don't know much about them uh, either. They're both making their UFC debuts. Um, Baez is from the Contender Series, and Ruiz was fighting in Invicta. So based on that, I'm going to go Ruiz just because you know Invicta is really the cream of the crop yes. as far as you know, and all as far as an all women's organization goes, um, and a lot of the great fighters that we get in the women's divisions of the UFC and Bellator, um, you know, go through Invicta at some point before uh, showing up in those companies and stuff. So I'm going to go with uh, Ruiz, but really just just based on her having a little experience in Invicta. No, that makes sense. A great, uh, great opportunity for buys. Uh, again, those first two fights of the main card feel like great opportunities uh, for two uh, young guns. The prelim card, again, you, know, you got Trevin Giles. You've got some lightweight, lightweight banger in there. You've got a couple band and weight fights. Uh, it's going to be uh, topped off the main event, if you will, of the prelim card, which you can watch on ESPN2 or ESPN Plus, if you're paying for it, why the fuck not? Women's, ba- women's bantamweight fight, Marion Renault against Macy Chiasen. And uh, I, I'm going Marion Renault, right? I mean, that's, you know, that name means something in the world of MMA. Um, you know, nine, six, and one. I know she's got three in a row, that, or three losses in a row, and that's the reason why I'm kind of picking her, too. She needs a win here. Those three losses include loss, you know, you lost to Kat Zangano in there, you lost to... You know, Rocky Raquel Pennington in there. Uh, we haven't seen her in the in the cage since June of 2020. Been a minute, but I think you know comes back, gets a win here though. Macy, you know the six and one younger gun. Uh, she fought once in 2020, and that was a win over Shana Young back in February. So two well rested talents uh, looking to maybe throw a little bit of hands. Uh, Stephen Jensen. 
Yeah, and I mean, it's really <clears throat> like this is a must-win situation for Renault. Exactly. You know, she lost three in a row. Now, granted, it's Zingano, Kaya, and Pennington who are three of the top women. Her other losses are Ashley Evans-Smith, Holly Holm, and Julia Villa. So, like, there's these are all good fighters she's lost to. She has a triangle choke win over Sarah McMahon. Uh, she has a draw with Betch Correa. So, like, she's beaten good fighters and went, you know, hung in there toe-to-toe with fighters that are they're on a super high level as well. She's been around forever. I mean, she debuted in, in MMA in 2010. Um, and she does not want to be on a four-fight losing streak, even though the three that she's lost to are very good fighters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason's in a different, a totally different situation where win or lose, I think she's going to be fine as far as like not getting cut from the promotion. Her only loss is to Lena Landsberg. Um, so this is a much, a much win, a must win situation for Renault. And I'm going to pick her based off of that. Like she's been in there with, you know, legends of the sport. She herself is a very recognizable name, you know, for the, the history of women's MMA. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I could see Chase on winning. I mean, I don't like I don't think that that's out of the realm of possibility at all. But I'm going to take Renault because Renault has to be aware that like this is probably it for her if she doesn't get the win. And um, but then again, Chase on might just be a better fighter and uh you know, there might just be nothing that Renault can do about it. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, I'm going to take Renault. But this, it's a tough one to, to make a prediction for. Yeah, that's a really good fight. Uh, again, your prelim card, main event, ESPN2. Uh, also on this prelim card, you've got Johnny Eduardo fighting Anthony Burchock. Uh, Bantamweight fight there. Like I said, Trevin Giles in there. Uh, middleweight division, lightweight fight. Leonardo DeSantos and Grant Dawson. Uh, any of these that you're you're kind of circling, saying uh, be on the lookout uh, on this prelim card? Um, yeah. Let me see this uh, for Grant Dawson. Let me pull him up because Santos has looked really good, and so has Dawson. Mm-hmm. Actually, I didn't realize that Dawson was on a win streak as well. Came from the Contender Series, and he's mainly been fighting on uh, fight nights, or only been fighting on fight nights. Santos. Santos has looked really good. Like he, I remember him knocking out Kevin Lee, um, knocking out Stevie Ray. Like Santos is a guy that I think people really need to be keeping their eyes on. And this fight with Dawson should be really good. Um, but I'm going to take Santos, uh, Santos in this one. Leonardo Santos could be a he honestly could be a, a real problem at lightweight. But it's that that division is so stacked and so there's so much name value there that it's hard to break through at that division. But Santos has a lot of talent, and I think he gets the job done on uh, Saturday against Grant Dawson. Yeah, uh, stacking up wins in a row, nothing like uh, putting some wins together to keep you know, keep that momentum up, keep that confidence up. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go Santos, too. This is a good one to watch, though, man. Um, anything else that you want to point out before we, uh, we head out for another week, my man? No, man, that, that'll do it for me. Fuck yeah, man. Uh, great shit. We, we hope everyone uh, had you know, a good weekend. We hope everyone has a good week. And we hope you join us right back here next week as we will, of course, be talking about what happened, what transpires this weekend, March 20th, uh, on this Brunson Holland card. And you, are you ready? Because I'm ready. We are uh, you know, right under two weeks away. We are 12 days away at the time of this recording from Steve Miocic and Francis Ngannou fucking squaring up with a heavyweight title on the line. Alexander Volkanovsky fighting T-City on that card. Absolutely stacked card, top to bottom, front to side, left to right. 
that we will, of course, be reviewing and talking about next week. Um, but that's it for us today, man. I mean, for me, John Mosley, follow me at MosKOBK if you want. And then that's the guy right there, Stephen Jensen, man. Take us home, bro. Play talk underscore on Twitter, yo. F-I-D-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. You can follow me on Twitter, and you can use our code for independentwrestling.tv, Fight Talk, F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K, all one word, no spaces, independentwrestling.tv or iwtv.live. Use that code, get five free days. Anything else I got going on this week, I'll keep keep updated on my Twitter account, so just follow me there. And uh, for jumping Johnny Mosley, thank Uh you again for uh, for joining me today, and we will see you all next Monday to talk some more mixed martial arts.